Networking is presented by Maya Strategy Group, a leading market research and strategy consulting firm, helping clients in the pet care and animal health industries navigate strategic challenges for almost two decades. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pet Working. I'm Peter Kenseth, Vice President at Maya Strategy Group, and I'm out here today on a beautiful sunny winter day in Vermont. Uh, we have Peony here as well. Say hi, Peony. And uh, it is uh, cold and snowy here in Vermont today, but um, next week I'll be out in uh, Las Vegas at Western Vet. And I thought, what better time uh, than now to kind of think about what uh, the year in uh, pet care and animal health uh, might bring to us. And, um, you know, I think one of the big things I'm looking forward to seeing at the uh, the conference is uh, the connection of uh, the, the ecosystem, so to speak, um, the further driving of, of connected data um, between the, the pet care and animal health realms. Um, I think a lot of that starts with wearables, and uh, we, we did an episode uh, a little ways back uh, with Invoxia. Um, they are incorporating uh, the ability to track heart rate and respiratory rate and heart signature uh, into a into their pet tracker. Uh, I have talked to folks in the veterinary community who are really excited uh, about um, subdermal uh, monitors. So uh, similar to a microchip, a, uh, a chip device that you could have uh, implanted in your dog uh, to monitor temperature, uh, monitor uh, blood oxygen uh, levels, uh, other biometric data. Um, so I'm excited to see if any of that uh, is going to be at, uh, at WBC at Western Vet. Another other things I'm really excited to see uh, is how uh, accepted and how prevalent at-home diagnostics are uh, at the conference. Uh, obviously, the use of at-home diagnostics uh, there are pros and cons uh, to that from a veterinarian's perspective. Obviously, uh, the more your clients uh, and patients are using at-home diagnostics, the more biometric data you have uh, about the animals you're caring for. At the same time, some of these at-home diagnostics uh, compete with tests that vets are offering from their clinic. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, I think, you know, as we move towards this creation of an ecosystem, uh, we're going to be put in a situation where there is a need for pet parents uh, to use uh, at-home diagnostics um, to monitor the health of their pets. And obviously there, there is that uh, white coat syndrome um, that is not exclusive to humans. Dogs experience it too. Um, and if you can uh, limit the uh, number of times that they have to go into the clinic uh, to have uh, tests performed. Um, ultimately, I think you may be providing better health outcomes and, and probably uh, getting uh, ahead of diseases that could otherwise be prevented. Uh, we, we talked to uh, Dr. Ben Handler of uh, HESCA uh, about uh, preventative diagnostics. Um, and certainly, you know, it's, it's really an important part of uh, responsible pet ownership and making sure that your pet stays healthy. Um, that being said, I think, you know, as, as we enter into this age of convenience, the more people can uh, perform at-home care and at-home monitoring, 
potentially the healthier our, our pets are going to be overall. So I'm curious to talk uh, to veterinarians at the conference about their thoughts of at-home diagnostics. Uh, lots out there uh, in terms of at-home diagnostics uh, that is coming to the forefront, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what people at the conference think about that. One particular diagnostic I'm really excited to see, uh, and I'm hoping it, it will be at uh, WVC, is OncoDetect, um, which is an at-home uh, cancer detection test uh, based on urinalysis. Um, last year, I, I made some posts uh, where I was incredibly excited by the HESCA and NUQ partnership um, that offered a more rapid turnaround uh, for a cancer screening test. Um, and you know, the, the ability to detect cancer um, from a urinalysis at home um, could be really, really exciting and, uh, and groundbreaking. Uh, so very excited to see that. Pet insurance is always a hot topic uh, when it comes to veterinary care. Uh, I'm very much of the belief that if more people had pet insurance, uh, more people would take their pets to the vet uh, and would really drive the, the creation of a better animal health uh, ecosystem, so to speak. Not necessarily a data-based ecosystem, but a healthcare ecosystem uh, in which we have pets regularly going to the vet because there isn't a financial barrier to it. Um, a few weeks ago, I saw uh, that Tractive, uh, at least in the European market, Tractive, the, uh, the pet uh, trackers who we've, uh, we've featured on Pet Working before, had uh, entered into a partnership where they were offering uh, pet insurance in conjunction with the purchase of a pet tracker, um, which I think is a really cool idea. Hopefully it will drive uh, increased adoption. Uh, Europe is definitely ahead of the United States in terms of its use of pet insurance. Um, I think we're still hovering around 4%, but I'll be interested to talk to uh, a lot of the major uh, carriers of uh, pet insurance uh, at the show and, and get a sense of where they think adoption rates are and, and what some of their strategies are for driving uh, greater levels of adoption. You know, we're seeing a lot of white label offerings, uh, new players entering into the space, uh, different reimbursement models, uh, and, and obviously that will be uh, you know, fairly interesting to take a look at. DNA represents another interest, uh, component of animal medicine that is really at an inflection point, I think. Uh, I think we're, we're getting to the point where uh, we may, you know, we're on the precipice of DNA uh, samples being taken in, in animals and that being able to inform precision medicine from a veterinary perspective. I've talked to a lot of folks that make that, that, that genomics is going to become uh, a much bigger part of um, veterinary education going forward and, and, you know, hopefully can become part of the standard of care uh, in veterinary practices. Uh, another uh, interesting uh, piece of the DNA puzzle or where DNA uh, fits into the uh, pet care and animal health puzzle is precision nutrition, not just precision medicine. Um, we've seen uh, Hills partner with Embark um, to drive recommendations for their OTC diets uh, in Embark's, uh, and those recommendations are included in uh, Embark's DNA test results. Um, we've also seen uh, 
precision uh, nutrition offerings from Royal Canin with Individualis. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, is taking off in the U.S. market. Uh, checking in last year, I think they had about 30 some odd clinics that were offering it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the demand for that has picked up in the U.S. market and how they're scaling manufacturing uh, to be able to accommodate uh, the production of a precision diet. Um, the other side of the nutrition spectrum uh, gets away from uh, precision, uh, science-based uh, nutrition and uh, focuses more on the, the growing uh, trend uh, of natural, uh, raw, freeze-dried nutrition um, and whole food nutrition uh, kind of returning to, to center stage uh, in, in the pet care ecosystem. Um, we've seen studies from Primal, uh, who we had on the show earlier this year, coming out showing um, the, the nutritional benefits of, of raw and freeze-dried diets. Um, and we've seen at, at, at WVC last year the presence of fresh refrigerated, frozen refrigerated, raw, freeze-dried manufacturers there to educate um, and hopefully gain traction within the veterinary community uh, for the, the nutritional benefits that their diets have to offer. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to talk to folks there to, to see how many veterinarians are, are moving towards this whole food uh, end of the spectrum. Um, certainly there's a sustainability component to that as well. Um, obviously many of these raw, freeze-dried, uh, fresh refrigerated manufacturers are focused on sustainably sourcing uh, their ingredients and are focused on uh, sourcing from suppliers that are engaged in regenerative agriculture due to the greater nutrient density um, that both produce and livestock raised uh, or grown in regenerative soils provide. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if that is making its way uh, into what has traditionally been a very science-focused uh, realm in terms of, uh, of veterinary nutrition recommendations. Uh, how many are, are going adopting this, this whole food uh, end of the spectrum. And that, you know, uh, with Hills and uh, Bond Pet Foods, um, they've recently made an announcement that uh, Bond Pet Foods uh, has uh, created a uh, precision uh, fermented uh, animal protein. Uh, so a lab-grown animal protein that Hills is going to be using uh, in both their OTC and veterinary diets. So while that isn't necessarily whole food um, <laughs> regenerative agriculture, it definitely addresses that sustainability component. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if, if any other um, therapeutic diets are incorporating uh, sustainable uh, sustainability measures into the production of their food or their packaging. Uh, but it should be a great show. Uh, excited to see lots of folks there, uh, see old faces, meet new friends. Uh, if you are interested in meeting up at the conference, definitely reach out. Uh, I've posted some links uh, to schedule meetings with me at the conference uh, on LinkedIn. Um, but we'd love to uh, talk to folks uh, needing st uh, strategic support in the pet care animal health industry. And uh, also would love to uh, meet some new guests uh, that would be interested in appearing on the Pet Working Podcast. So um, until WVC next week. This is Peter Kenseth with Pet Working uh, signing off, and uh, we'll let Peony make a little sign off too. Yeah. Good girl. Good girl. All right. Take care, everyone.
Networking is presented by Maya Strategy Group, a leading market research and strategy consulting firm, helping clients in the pet care and animal health industries navigate strategic challenges for almost two decades.